0: This is Stand Up For The Truth. Fresh Connell got a fresh new podcast for you. It is 10 days now into October, 10-10-2023 on the calendar. Mary Danielson back at the host microphone.
1: Yes, good morning everyone. We got a double header today. Let's play two. Uh, today on Stand Up we're going to talk to Debbie Wuthnow of I Voter Guide, a helpful resource for Christians who want to know who stands where on important issues such as pro-life and our freedoms as believers. So we're going to hear in our first half hour how they research thousands of candidates on the federal and state level, Supreme Court, school board, local races, um, so that we the voters can make informed choices. I think the next election cycle has the potential to be both contentious and polarizing and a whole lot more. I'm not a big fan of election cycles because of the dizzying array of choices and then the lies and the half-truths that go with that. It's... it's uh, Wow. Uh, And now with technology, there is so much potential for deception and chaos. So the second half, we're going to talk about Israel for 30 minutes. And there's a lot to say about that, and I think it's on everyone's mind and heart. So let's get to our scripture and pray and welcome our guest. Uh, My scripture is uh, a brief one today, Romans 12, 1 to 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice... Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Pray with me this morning. Lord, we thank you for the freedoms we have to worship you, and to be ambassadors for the gospel and for the truth, which is truly what sets us all free Lord, we thank you for our lives and witness in America and for every blessing um, we have right now, Lord, and and always, to be able to meet to worship you. We ask that there be a window of grace still in our nation to work while we can, and we ask that you would guide and direct us in all things. Lord, we thank you for Debbie and the work she does. We lift her up to you. Uh, we pray that we could maintain our freedoms as long as possible and be that light in a dark world. I pray you'd give them wisdom at I Voter Guide and encourage to continue on, so that we can all be good stewards of all that you have given us in Jesus name amen debbie Wuthnow is the president of i voter guide vice president of american family association action and a member of the board. She holds a master's degree in computer science from Princeton and worked as a systems engineer at AT AT&T Bell Labs for five years. She spent many years as a stay-at-home mom while organizing events for her church and her community. Debbie joined iVoterGuide in 2011 as a data analyst and was named president in 2018. Under her leadership, iVoterGuide evaluated over 13,000 candidates and educated 6.8 million viewers in 2022 alone. She's also the organization's spokesperson and has made appearances on American Family Radio, Bot Radio Network, Christian Television Network, Bill Martinez Live, Crosstalk, The Eric Metaxas Show, Jim Bohannon Show, Todd Starnes, and many, many more. You've been a busy gal. Good morning, Debbie. Thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Mary.
1: Tell us a bit about your Eye Voter Guide history through American Family Association. And I had heard of American Family Association many, many years ago, but this is American Family Association Action. What's the difference, Debbie?
2: Well, um, American uh, AFA Action, which is the short way to say it, yes. is their C four <laughs> arm. Uh, AFA is a five hundred one c three, so an educational organization, and they call AFA Action their legislative and lobbying arm. And okay. um, in uh, January of 2022, they brought iVoterGuide in. So iVoterGuide actually was formed outside of AFA, and okay. they brought us in uh, under their umbrella in 2022 just to really, they they share the desire to have people elected who share biblical values okay. and to equip voters to be good stewards of their citizenship. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we became a part of AFA, and it has just been a blessing and an opportunity um, to grow and reach even more um, Voters and research even more Canada.
1: Yes, absolutely. And one of the notes in the history here, and it's iVoterGuide.com uh, for those who are listening in. And in 06 is when AFA Action uh, was formed with this, the goal in mind of what you guys are still doing there. And, and uh, iVoterGuide has really been leading the pack uh, in doing a lot of heavy lifting for voters for some time. Uh, Tell us more about the numbers when it comes to research you've done, because uh, you've analyzed donation records and and more than that. Give us some numbers on that.
2: Well, I'll give you some numbers and just kind of let you know the philosophy of what our voter guide is, because it's not when you hear the word voter guide, it's it's probably not what you picture. Okay. It's not the piece of paper with the names across the top of the candidates and then you know support oppose on the left and a few few issues um in a big grid on a piece of paper that's passed out at church mm-hmm. that's what i think of when i hear voter guide right. but but voter guide is very different it is a website that is personalized and data driven so we look and do research into what a candidate has done not just what they say they're going to do and that includes um going to sources to get the original information on who have they given money to Who have they received money from? The most important predictor of what a candidate is going to do is what they have done. And if they've ever held elected office at the state level or the federal level in in a legislative body, um, they vote on bills and legislation. And there are many, many groups, hundreds of them across the nation, both liberal and conservative, who look at how those elected officials vote on the issues important to that particular group. And they score them. We have gathered scorecards from over 750 organizations that look at a variety of issues: social issues, uh, fiscal issues, uh, you know, climate control issues, immigration Mm -hmm. issues, national security issues, so that we can look at you know what these candidates have really done. So, um, part of the data is the campaign finance data of what they've, who they've given money to, who they've received it from, how they voted. Who's endorsed them? Because that's a real kind of like a job reference predictor. Mm-hmm. Of, oh yeah, you know who who thinks this is a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, every candidate gets a chance to answer our questionnaire, which has about thirty ish, thirty five questions, trying to cover as many issues important to uh, biblical or faith based voters on issues, but also on their worldview. Because I would love to you know know more about what the person I'm electing believes, not just their positions. We do outside research, and then what's really unique about Guide? nobody's ever done this, is that we have an army of volunteer panelists who look at all the data that we've gathered, we vet them, we train them in what to look for in candidates, and we put them on panels of multiple people who are looking at each candidate and digging and reading their Facebook and reading their website and Googling them or you know using whatever, duck, duck, go, to find information on each candidate. And we assign a rating to each candidate. It's on a seven-point scale from verified liberal to verified conservative, and we show it at iVoterGuide.com. When you enter your address, you will just see the races on your ballot, the candidates that you will see on your ballot, and then that gauge, it looks like a gas gauge, of, of where they stand on that liberal to conservative spectrum. But that's not all, because if you click on the More button or a candidate's photo, you get to see all the research that we have gathered. Mm. And I will tell you, especially in a party primary, which Guide does cover, at least the Republican Party primary, looking at what they've said and looking at uh, gathering all the data is really the groundbreaker and um, determining which candidate to vote for in the primary, which is when it's really harder to know mm-hmm. which candidate will represent what's important to me. So that's a nutshell of what Guide does. And we have partnered with a bunch of uh like-minded groups, American Family Association, being our very first partner right out of the gate back in 2012 when we went nationwide, and they've just been working with us and saw what we did and loved the integrity, the truthfulness, uh, the values that iVoterGuide has, and brought us under their umbrella so that that more people could could learn about what we do.
1: Wow, and this website is fantastic, iVoterGuide.com. Uh, because it's, it's really a clearinghouse of information. There's so much on here. And, you know, schools don't teach civics anymore. A lot of people don't even know what's a democracy, what's a republic, et cetera, et cetera. Just simple things. You have articles on types of government, why a republic, becoming a biblical citizen, registering citizenship, uh, quiz. That, that'd be interesting. And then how to take action, how to pray, what your church can do, what are the issues, uh, I, I think it just should be a really go-to site for everybody who wants to know what's going on. And you don't endorse candidates. Is that is that, that correct? Is correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. We
2: don't endorse candidates. We don't accept money from candidates. We don't tell you who to vote for. It's not a list of, of, mm-hmm. of who to vote for. We give you the tools to decide for yourself mm-hmm. who you want to vote for. And, and our goal really is an informed electorate. But, you know, at election time with a voter guide, but also, you know, those topics you mentioned, People don't know about civics. They don't even know. The pastors aren't teaching what the Bible says about some issues Mm -hmm. that are going on, like immigration or marriage and family or parental rights. So those are the types of articles and content that we send out in our weekly emails, and we also put on our website so that you can be both a more educated citizen uh, throughout time as well as at election time.
1: Fantastic, because this is about equipping, and it is about encouraging people to be critical thinkers and not telling them what to think. And I like that very, very much. Um, do the candidates access this, too? I mean, are, are they using your information to look at the whole field that's out there?
2: Oh, they certainly look at their opponents <laughs> and, um, and, and see what they have said. So uh, and, and what we found is that, you know, we we love to get the candidates to answer our surveys. And the more they know about what we do and they know that there are a lot of voters who look at what we do, the percentage of candidates who answer our survey um, just keeps continuing to increase. And we will find candidates who will, you know, screenshot their little gas gauge and share it on their social media and tell people where to go. So, uh, yeah, they're certainly looking at it.
1: Well, this is a, and this is a great time to have you on, too, because we like I said, we are entering an election cycle that is sure to be very unique. And and part of that is going to be A.I. You know, A.I. has pretty much overtaken society and not just in America, um but it's my understanding Debbie that next year we'll bring the first national campaign season in which easily accessible AI tools could allow anyone to um create a lot of questions and um possible deception by synthesizing audio fake photographic images um and large numbers of voters are going to routinely conceive uh consume uh, information produced by AI. This is this is transformative, Debbie. Can, what can you tell us about where we're headed and how this is going to possibly uh, uh, affect every election on every level?
2: Well, it, it's really put, has the potential to be huge. We did see a few, uh, basically, the drops in the bucket in the last election yeah, cycle. Right. There was a Chicago race where you know one one candidate made a fake video about his opponent looking like he had said something that he never said and then pushed it out there as if it was real so we've as as voters and as consumers of information we have got to be extra diligent extra careful um wise as serpents innocent as doves of, mm-hmm. you know it's better to not trust it and to verify it and i will tell you from my voter guide's perspective we, that's why we go to the source for information mm-hmm. um, we don't just take what somebody says, we verify it. That's why campaign finance, we go to the government agency that the candidates are reporting it to. Um, we're looking to verify every piece of information that we put out there because our goal, I mean, we're doing this for an audience of one. Yeah. and We want to be trusted and verified. Um, we and we want voters to trust us, too. But, you know, we want God to be honored in, in what we're doing. So that's why we verify what we're doing. But, you know, they can fake uh, the audio and the video like they've done. Mm. They can um Spread uh, social, and, and they can use social media and influencers to spread the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, you know, when I saw that uh, Congress pulled a bunch of tech leaders in before Congress to talk about even their concerns about AI, that showed me that this is it, it's big. It's, mm-hmm. it's a huge issue we all need to be aware of. So Google is going to start requiring. Um, ads to say, you know, oh, you hear a political ad, it'll say "paid for by so and so right. campaign," and I, you know, whatever. They're going to have to add um, some of this content was not was generated mm. artificially mm. or something like that to to make sure that people are aware of that. So, but the fake quotes and the fake videos is really just part of it. They can also use it to um, if you've heard of bots on the internet, yeah. they can fake um, that something is more popular and make it go viral sure. using computers and AI. So that it looks like it's valid because look at all these people who've clicked on this or liked it, Ugh. but but it still may be false. So I mean, really, really have your your spidey sense up there, uh, <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out what's true and what's not true. And and another aspect of it is that it's scary to know how much information is out there about each of mm. us mm. because of where we use our phone, where we where we go, the magazines we read, the things we click on on social media, or your web history. So, you know, have you ever been... I've had somebody who had, had Alexa in her house and she was talking about, I might need a new dishwasher. Goes get on Facebook and dishwasher ads yes. start to show up. Yep. So that, that gets a little creepy, but they can use that to target you based on what you like or what's important to you. If you fish, if you care about kids, you got great kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can target a message that they know that you're interested in or maybe vulnerable to. Mm-hmm. And, and it may not be true, but to try to sway you with planting a seed about somebody, a candidate, that maybe isn't true. Um, so we've really, really yeah. got to be super careful mm-hmm. about uh, the information that we're consuming. I, be careful about your sources for information. Mm-hmm. And then when you do get something, make sure you kind of double-check it and verify it. Yeah. If it sounds too good to be true or, or shocking, it it may not be.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I've, I've experienced that many times where something my husband and I talked about getting or that we needed, it would come up on Google or uh, Facebook or whatever. And so I think we've kind of even gotten blasé about that. We sort of expect it, which is probably not a great place to be. But I was reading The Economist um, on this about AI, and this is an interesting statistic because this has world-changing possibilities and this uh, gal says, half the world's population live in countries where elections are due to take place in 2024. Some of the biggest and most raucous democracies, America, India, Indonesia, Mexico, and Taiwan, will head to the polls. And these elections will be among the first in the era of widely available generative AI, leading to growing fears of a supercharged spread of pop- propaganda and disinformation. And so while we're thinking about here... Um, also, Klaus Schwab's buddy, um, Noval Harari, he said that these tools will change the course of history by convincing us to vote for particular politicians and, uh, increase the amount of political disinformation. And that's an understatement, of course. But we're talking a lot of people could possibly be influenced. Uh, and in this global world that we're in, who knows what that could mean, uh, as far as global leadership goes and, and people that we do not want to see in power. So I think uh, all that to say, I think people who are listening might think, are we at, just at the mercy of AI? Are there safeguards that could be put into place? I mean, who's who's watching the who's who's babysitting this process? Is anybody <laughs> doing that? I mean, that's well, my first and, question. And that
2: is seriously. That is why Congress pulled, you know, Zuckerberg and Musk and, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, Amazon, Google people all into Congress, because even they are concerned about it and um, are trying to get some oversight into what is really allowed. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as the ultimate consumer, we've got to be, be, you know, we've got to take responsibility for that. But we certainly should support some safeguards that go into, because, I mean, I've seen the movie Terminator. This could go really bad. It could, yes. If it goes to to the extreme. but um, and, And AI does use information that's out there on the web to scrape and to train. So they're trying to... Um, you know, maybe limit the sources that AI mm-hmm. is allowed to to get their information from and that when something is created using AI that, that it, it lets you know that it's created using AI. We just need to set some standards. Mm-hmm. and safegu- But like put up the guardrails mm-hmm. um, and guide it because uh, it, it, the potential for being very good and bad um, yeah. is out there with our artificial intelligence.
1: Yes, and that, that I think that event you uh, referred to was in July. And... Um Josh Hawley, a Republican senator from Missouri, your home state, said, I do not want the working people in this country and the children of this country to be used as guinea pigs for generative AI. Um, and he has written a set of AI principles that includes a licensing regime for advanced models. Um, so there's there's worry going on around there. Uh, and I'm thinking uh, also another gentleman, uh, Mr. Jackie Chang, not Chan, Chang, the chief technology officer for Biden's campaign in 2020 points out that most voters tend to view all messages about politics as spam. So, you know, that's a bit of a uh, discouragement, I think, for a lot of, of um, candidates as it is. But do you think that most people, by the time we get to polling day, have already made their decision? Because when you watch local news, probably there by you, too, the ads are there's 50 per hour. Of ads at the last minute push. Do you, what? What's your personal opinion on whether people have already decided by then who they're going to vote for? What do you think?
2: Uh, I think that if they can't if they haven't decided, they probably don't go to the polls. Okay. I don't think they they go to the polls going. Oh, I'm not sure I'm going to vote for, and then just go. You need me, miny mo. Yeah. I think that you know if they if they haven't decided, they're just not going to go. Um, I, I personally i I don't even want to watch TV. I don't want to see those, <laughs> those ads <laughs> because I know that. You know, there's so much negative ads that mm-hmm. go out there, and I know that they can take one element of truth, take it out of context, mm-hmm. and make it look fake. So, seriously, what I do is I go to iVoterGuide first.
1: Okay, right, and right, right.
2: And, and I look at what information is there, um, and then the races that iVoterGuide doesn't cover because you know we are in a lot of places, but there's a lot of elections, especially at the local level, that we're we are do not have the bandwidth to cover yet. All right. but um, I start with iVoterGuide, and then that has helped me to know what to look for when I look for other candidates. So I will then, um, you know, go find my local candidates and start starting my own Google searching and looking for other information that's out there. Uh, I, I think if people understand the power of those that they elect to vote to represent them, they will do their due diligence mm-hmm. to to research them. But it takes so much time, mm-hmm. which is why Guide has started doing what we do. We average about four hours of research that goes into every candidate of the 13,000 candidates we evaluated in 2022. And so this coming election cycle, it's going to probably be a, a few more candidates. We're, mm-hmm. we'll be covering all the federal candidates in all 50 states. There are 41 states where we are covering any statewide races if they occur, if they will be on the ballot. There are 36 states where we will cover their state legislative and state, um, you know, state Senate, state, state Congress. State what's it house the mm-hmm, house mm-hmm. in the state legislature, and then there we've started covering some school board races because we watched Great. what has been happening. Um, you know, starting in Loudon County and COVID lockdowns yeah. and mask mandates and sixteen, nineteen, and CRT. All the stuff that has mm-hmm. got parents. Really concerned and aware of what's going on at school boards. Mm-hmm. We've got kids, we've got grandkids. We understand that we need people that are going to protect our children. Yes, um, running our school board. Mm-hmm. So we have started researching school board races. We have done some in Wisconsin in the past. Great, um, but that is looking for the needle in the haystack mm-hmm. on candidates um, because the further down the ballot they are, the harder it is to find information. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the more yeah. important because that's where candidates cut their teeth and moved to yeah. later office. Yeah, and so. I th- do the do the due diligence absolutely and i
1: I think that getting involved on the smaller local level is really what you're you're gonna see more changes in your own community and of course you want you want to we want to encourage christians to vote uh, all levels but I think something I learned during covid when the schools were shut down and the school boards were fighting amongst themselves and making decisions about attendance and masking that and it caught us all off guard because we didn't that, that has never come up, you know, on our event horizon in life. You know, I've, I've got a grandson, so, um, you know, I've been around a bit and raised a daughter, homeschooled and schooled. And we just never saw that coming. And I think, do you think that that was sort of a, a good old wake-up call for parents everywhere and now we're seeing how more engaged they are?
2: I think it was, uh, God's silver lining of the yeah. COVID crisis. Yes. That he, he, I, I call Loudoun County the shot heard around the world in the education revolution. Mm-hmm. It woke mm-hmm. up parents and it is, it's, it's nationwide that there are parents participating. There are groups that have, have sprung up almost overnight, Moms for Liberty, that are grassroots moms trying to protect their kids and, Issues that, you know, we thought the schools were there to teach our kids, and we're now learning. They were indoctrinating mm-hmm. our children. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the, the authority and the power that they have uh, to set curriculum, to set policies, and uh, some of the crazy stuff that's going on. I mean, if if you don't know what it is, uh, be prepared before you start doing some research. There is scary stuff going on in schools. Yeah,
1: and however and bad you think it is, it's worse.
2: It. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. So that, you know, it, it's super important, but we have, we're building our army of researchers that are covering those races. We're trying to raise more money to do even more because our goal is to uh, cover as much of the ballot as we can, as soon as we can. I mm-hmm. voter guide began in Texas covering the top of the ticket to the bottom of the ticket in just five counties. And now we're to the point, you know, when we went nationwide, we couldn't go as far down the ballot, mm-hmm. but we went nationwide and our goal is to keep inching our way um, further down the ballot by covering really crucial and key school board races where a lot is going on. Loudon County, every seat is on the ballot this November. Wow. And we are we're covering all of them. Wow.
1: Wow. That's fantastic. dot uh, iVoterguide.com and, and what a like I said, an incredible clearinghouse of information uh, on civics and how things work and how to vote your conscience, which is important in these times. We had talked about AI and we talked about fake quotes or videos uh, and spreading deceptive information. And there's another one on your list here, micro targeting. Can you explain to us what is micro targeting?
2: Yeah, because because the internet and AI algorithms can easily identify information about each uh, person. They know you know where you've traveled. They know what uh, images you click on. It's just like they know what 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 you've been shopping for on Amazon. They might know uh, that that type of thing, so that they can identify that you are somebody who cares about the life issue, or you're somebody who cares about economic issues, and they can craft. Messages and this doesn't even take a person. It's all done through AI. Mm-hmm. Craft a message that would be persuasive to you, knowing what is important to you about a candidate, either for or against a candidate that's on the ballot, and and use that to sway people. You know, uh, Google is able to uh, use algorithms and and what what they show in your search results based upon how they want to sway you. So it doesn't take a lot. Um, to do that micro-targeting, that micro-persuasive thing. So you really have to be more proactive and not just consume what pops up on your mm-hmm. screen, but seek out uh, information that is balanced and accurate.
1: And I think you can help people to decide if candidates really believe what they say they do and if they're going to stick to their principles, because uh, you say voters will reward candidates who stick to their principles. I really want to believe that that's true, Um um, you know, if if it'd be great to know exactly what they believe, but are they being honest? I mean, just your personal opinion: Are they being truly honest about what they believe?
2: Uh, candidates know what needs to be said to get elected. Yeah, right. and there are ones out there who really believe what they believe, and they're the, but they're the they're the the gems. They mm-hmm. are not the norm. Oh, okay, um, right. so. There are candidates who will say, I'm the conservative choice. I'm the one you want to elect. Yeah, right. But if you look back at what they've really done, um, maybe not so much. Right. Or, you know, they're conservative on this issue, really, really conservative. But yep. also they spend a lot of money, so they're not very fiscally conservative. Right. So and- you have to look at all of the issues and all of the sides. And our goal is we continue to, to expand our research is even to hold them more accountable by You know, if they voted on a particular issue like that was really key at the federal level or state level, show you specific things they voted on, because Mm -hmm. that's really reveals what gets into the weeds of of things that they're standing up for.
1: Wow. And you guys offer election dates, registration deadlines, polling locations. Debbie, this has just been very enlightening. I've learned an awful lot. We have about two minutes left. What, What would you like to leave us with?
2: I would just say before you vote, go to iVoterGuide.com. I would really encourage you to get on our email list because we will then send you those election dates and email you when it's time to vote in your area. And even if there's a special election in your area, which may not be on your radar, we will let you know. We'll send you those weekly emails that are educational about, you know, how does government work and how biblical uh, teaching on the government um, just so that you're informed and activated when it's time to participate. So iVoterGuide.com. Yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I know conservatives, I think, feel they've been burned a little bit by what we call rhinos and those who have said they're this, but they turned out to be that. And uh, I think your your site and all that would really be helpful for people to understand exactly what they're looking at. Um, and I was familiar with iVoterGuide to some degree, but now when I've really dug into it, again, I want to say how much I appreciate what you're offering the voters and I do think this next election cycle is going to be a little bit crazy. Um, your thoughts on that?
2: I think you're exactly right. It's a buckle your seatbelt <laughs> time. I mean, now we may have a third party candidate for oh, president. Oh. Uh, what's going? The House is on on a knife's edge as to who controls the U.S. House. A right. bunch of state legislatures have really key issues in front of them. I think every election. And every level of office is really important to vote and to vote wisely. It's not just about presidents. Yeah. We can't forget that there are a bunch of other offices that even have more power over us. Think mm-hmm. about DMI on the wall. Yep. Deal yep. with the the wall in front of your own family and your local races too. Yes. And, 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 and we really want you to to be informed okay. and to participate in the ecclesia. Great.
1: Debbie Wolf, now, thank you so much. You're just a wealth of information, as is the website, iVoterGuide.com. And hopefully, maybe we can touch base with you earlier next year and see how things are going for you and what we can expect. I know we can expect turbulence. So thank you so much, Debbie.
2: Thanks, Mary. It's a pleasure. Yep.
1: So we are uh, headed into the second part of our doubleheader today. We are going to talk about Israel. And, oh, there's so much to process here And I think this is on everyone's heart and mind Uh, as believers, whether you know prophecy or you don't know prophecy. And we're going to sort a few things out this morning. So a two minute break here. Um, Join me for the second half.
0: Feedback, questions and topic suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at com. Mary Danielson, uh, last night, I don't know if you heard it, but Wretched Radio, Todd Field, we air every weekday at 6 p.m., and Wretched Radio, of course, weighed in on uh, the Bible and the war that is going on in Israel. I thought it was such a blessing, and some people didn't get to hear it, so uh, we're going to be re-airing Wretched Radio at 5 p.m. before the new Wretched Radio at 6 p.m. So we've got back-to-back Wretched Radio today on Q90FM, q90fm.com slash listen. At 5 p.m., we're going to re-air Wretched Radio from last night because it's it's excellent uh, point of view from Wretched Radio. And that's what everyone is talking about. I'm seeing it all over social media, mm-hmm. all over. Mm-hmm. People are breaking character, breaking their brands, and weighing in on Israel. Yeah, as yeah.
1: yes, they should. And that's what I want to talk about in this half, Um <laughs> I woke up on, I think it was 5 o'clock on Saturday morning and, and heard the news and ran to see if my husband was awake or not and tell him the news. Um, the context, let's just talk about context first before I jump into what I want to parse out here. Um, the context of the Israel attack, it was the 50th anniversary, give or take, a day or so of the Yom Kippur War. It was uh, uh, Shabbat. It was the uh, last of the Feast of Tabernacles. On the heels of the release of six billion to Iran um, from Qatar and Kuwait, that was their money, and also seventy-five million, I believe, went to the Palestinians um, within days before that. And let's not forget the brink of a Saudi-Israeli peace/slash normalization deal. Now we're not gonna, we're not sure how that's going to play out exactly, but we know that the Islamic terrorists in Iran, Hamas, Hezbollah obviously, do not want peace with Israel. And they don't want anyone else to have it either. So this must be important. Even though we've been talking about that, what does it mean and just trying to see where it might fit in with prophecy and we don't know yet. But it must be important because of the things that happened last weekend. Now Hamas, has in, everyone has a title for their um, military actions. And this is called Al-Aqsa Flood. <laughs> That's interesting too because you know that that is a reference to the Temple Mount. Uh, So you can take that for what it's worth. Keep an an ear open for that. But I think one of the questions at hand is, what did Israel know and when did they know it? And I want to ask you, I'm going to let you be my guest for the second half, you the listener, and I want to ask you a couple questions. And feel free, comments at standupforthetruth.com, because I really would love to hear what you think about all these things related to the Middle East and prophecy in Israel peace treaties, comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. But what were your first thoughts when you heard about the attack on Israel last Saturday? Uh, A lot of you probably thought about Bible prophecy and God's promises to Israel. Maybe you had um, thoughts of Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Gog and Magog War, roll around in your head. Or maybe Psalm 83. Now I'm just going to throw a quick editorial comment in on Psalm uh, Psalm 83 because I have never thought that it was about a pop-up war in Israel in the last days, a future event. And it has seemingly been on the table. It has been for years by some who do teach that. Um, I've heard that for a very long time. Uh, If you're interested in, I think, a very good perspective, Andy Woods has an excellent Bible study on Psalm 83, if you're interested in that. And I encourage everyone to do their own homework on that. I think uh, pastors, my, my understanding since the 90s, pastors have, for the most part, sort of kept their distance from that, from making it a future prophecy. But again, you can uh, go on uh, Andy Wood's uh, his YouTube page, and you can just type in Psalm 83, and it's, it's really an excellent excellent study. People have also asked me what some of my resources are. There's, there's a, a telev- television station and an app called I-24. Um, it's a lowercase i24, and it's out of Israel, and it is 24-hour news. And you can get that in English uh, on your phone. I think it's fantastic. Eric Stackelbeck uh, does a great job of updating um, daily updates, some of them live on YouTube, Eric Stackelbeck. So I would encourage you to watch his updates too. And there are others. So this isn't exhaustive by any means. John Haller, J.B. Hickson, uh, friends of this uh, ministry here. Another thought, uh, immediate thought for me, right on the heels of prophetic events, was how did this happen? Was Israel caught off guard? And it would seem impossible to me that their intel missed this. And now, since the entire nation of Israel is also asking this, and I think it's okay for us to ask this too, Pastor Chuck always used to say, don't exchange what you know for what you don't know. And this is really important, I think, in this situation. What do we know? Well, we know we're in the last days, that civilization is unraveling, and along with that... Um, We are prior to entering into a season of time on earth such as never been since the beginning. And I'm talking about that final seven-year stretch. We also know that Israel is going to recognize their Messiah in the future. We know that the God who neither slumbers nor sleeps not only will keep Israel, but is never caught off guard by anything. He's not wringing his hands over anything. And the miracles over there... um, for the last century uh speak for themselves they've seen God's hand over and over throughout their history and especially since the time clock has begun again on bible prophecy we also know that the church and israel have distinct roles on earth and in prophecy you know we are to understand God's love for israel and have God's heart for israel ourselves so that is that is the situation in our church life. We are grafted in. They are the main trunk. We are grafted in. So there are those replacement theologians out there, Kingdom Now Theology. But the Bible teaches there are distinct roles between the church and Israel, and God is not done with Israel. And that doesn't change. And this is what Chuck means. Don't exchange what you know for what you don't know. That does not change because of what happened. The barbaric, um, unbelievably cruel um animal behaviors on the part of these terrorists, none of us saw that coming. It's just beyond the pale to me. But that's what I know. Now I'm going to go on to what I don't know. And it's hard for us to understand or accept that Israel was caught napping, you know, at the end of the High Holy Days. You know, were they they just not being as vigilant? Um, They have all that surveillance, border surveillance. um, And that's the media narrative and my understanding is that their borders were breached in 29 spots where they caught flat-footed. And everyone's looking to blame something. And there's a lot of raw emotion in Israel right now, people, and rightly so, with the death and destruction and the unknowns, the captives, how is this going to play out? The whole world is watching. But I think there are two different takes here. And uh, Leo Holman, who I really enjoy reading, Homancom um, he writes very well-thought-out articles. He was a guest a couple of weeks ago for us. And uh, I want to talk also, I'm going to compare what he says with another a secular magazine, Israeli magazine, called The Tablet. And also I need to interject here. Some are saying that um, there was a technological interference and hackers. I know the Jerusalem Post site was hacked. Uh, it was still down yesterday from what I know. Um, and I know Israel will get to the bottom of this. I think Netanyahu's enemies will take great advantage of it. Some were saying last night that Russia and China are really the only ones with the ability to be able to uh, hack or or make sure that things are down at this particular time, because this was just incredible. But it's very raw. There's a lot of open wounds. And, again, completely understandable. But here's what Leo Holman uh, says from two different articles I'm going to summarize. He says, why were Israelis so defenseless against Hamas terrorists going house-to-house, killing and raping? And he says, by now you've all seen the horrifying images from Israel over the weekend. People being murdered in their homes, women being pulled out of vehicles by their hair and raped, men being dragged behind vehicles to their deaths, spat upon and executed. The victims called the police and military, which did not arrive on most of the bloody scenes for two hours or more. Looking at these images of carnage, many of us have asked, why didn't they fight back? And many of us, myself included, assumed that with Israel being surrounded on all sides by such vicious enemies and living in such close proximity to them that they lived with firearms at the ready in all of their homes. But that assumption would be wrong. According to my sources, the Israeli government makes its citizens jump through so many hoops that only about 2, 2.6% of Israeli citizens own a pistol and it's impossible to own a rifle if you're among the ranks of retired military you are allowed to own a rifle but cannot store it in your house unless you are one of the top elite commandos. And so this is just one one scenario that that Leo talks about they don't really have uh, a way to fight back. Um and he goes on to talk about, you know, the leadership there, there there is it's a secular leadership, there is going to be corruption just like there is here. Um but the the people are not allowed to protect themselves. So that's one particular thing that Leo talks about. But then he also says this. This is a different article. It says, Globalists open up second front in World War Three. Attack on Israel activates zero hour around the world, and America is not Im- immune. This is a very sobering article. He says, The messaging being sent by the media is no longer mere, quote-unquote, news. What we receive from them are carefully crafted narratives meant to advance certain agendas The same event can carry multiple narratives, often diametrically opposed to each other because the narratives are tailored to specific audiences and loaded with explosive words and images meant to trigger emotions in those audiences depending on their conditioning. Okay, that's why it's so hard to get to the bottom of anything anymore. Then he says the devastating attack on Friday in Israel was no exception. What cannot be debated... Over now 900 Israeli citizens were slaughtered and more than 2,000 injured in a brazen and brutal attack by Hamas. More than 100 other Israelis, including an Israeli military general, were captured and are being held as hostages. But the why and how, as in why and how did they get away with it, will be less understood by the average American who's more interested in who wins the Packer game on Monday or how long Taylor Swift will retain her latest boyfriend. While few realize that what happened... In Israel on Friday night is an earthquake in terms of the impact on global stability, mostly because of the timing. The events of October 6th cannot be analyzed and properly understood separate from all that's been going on over the last 18 months between the U.S., NATO and their vassal states, Russia and China, and their vassal states. Ukrainian President Zelensky has already come out with a statement in support of Israel while implying that Russia was responsible for the Hamas attack. We don't know if that's true but Zelensky said said it so that makes it true for the faction of people who believe that Ukraine's war with Russia is completely just and defensive in nature. So he's talking about people saying what people want to hear and people hearing what what they want to hear. The media tells us the Hamas launched a sneak attack on Israel and caught the IDF napping. And this is what Leo says. He says, excuse me, there is simply no way the IDF, the most technologically modern, adept, highly trained force in the world, did not see this coming. It's inconceivable. We're told they were totally surprised. Even on the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, uh, they were not prepared for an attack from their arch enemy. They left their border unmanned and unprotected. It was breached 29 different places including some areas right next to the International Music Festival where tourists from other countries were partying within yards of a dangerous Gaza border. And Leo says, I'm not buying it. Let this be a lesson for all, he says, in America and elsewhere. And Leo has a book called Stealth Invasion, and he, he refers to a Muslim Brotherhood documents which prophesied a zero-hour event What's that? Well, a zero hour can be any event that sets off panic and chaos among the masses, and at this point, the Islamic terrorists all join hands to attack the infidel, whether that be Jews in Israel or Christians in the West, and all the terror cells get activated. Since around 1900, the U.S. has imported more than 3 million Muslims to America, mostly through legal channels associated with the Office of Refugee Resettlement and other avenues where Muslims can come here on religious visas, visa lottery programs, and countless other visa programs. Refugees are set on a path to full citizenship within five years. Leo says, I'm not saying all of them are anti-American, but even if 10% of them are, we have a problem similar to Israel. And he says, sources of mine in Sterling Heights, Michigan, reported seeing fireworks coming from a site on 15-mile road where a mega mosque is under construction. The mosque is not even open for business, but the property owners use the site to express their celebratory emotions and feelings of giddiness over the news coming out of Israel. And then he gives us another example. Hundreds of miles away in Tampa, I was informed of a pro-Hamas rally expressing jubilation over Israelis being killed. Muslims also rallied in, get this, uh, in support of Hamas in New York City, Los Angeles, Boston, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh. They're celebrating in Jordan, Lebanon, Iraq, Iran, and Turkey, which is a NATO member, among other places. This single event in Israel has triggered them, and they will launch more attacks on Jews and Christians around the world. So it would be a mistake, he concludes, to view what happened in Israel as something over there. Now granted, that's spiritual over there, and God has his own plans over there. We're also um, told that sirens went off in the north. They went off in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And uh I think some are actually venturing to say that this could be a cover for a more serious attack from the north. We don't know that, but there were some. And Hezbollah has been camping out up north all summer long. Um So he says, it can and will happen here, the U.S. and many European countries. The hordes are not standing at the gates. They are inside the gates waiting for a zero-hour event. And again, we don't know if this is it. And... um only the Lord and the Holy Spirit think, keeps things back or allows things to happen. So we can definitely take comfort in that. Um, he says the Israelis were not prepared. they have grown too comfortable, too prosperous, too lazy, and some had grown too tired and weary of being on alert and exhausted from being on watch 24-7. Perhaps they got lulled into a false sense of security, placing too much faith in their government to save them from such attacks. And I'm going somewhere with this. When the chips are down, the government will not be there to save us, not in Israel, not in America, Britain, Germany, Italy, or France. Um, he says, be aware, World War III is bulldozing its way into our reality. What happened in Israel uh, widens the war and draws in the Muslim world. They now have a stake in the outcome of the war. Israel has a stake. Christians have a stake. Christians who were against funding Ukraine with Russia will now feel they have a stake in this new front being opened in the Middle East. We could expect a third front to open soon. Taiwan, Serbia, Kosovo. All this will add to global war and millions of new combatants being drafted into duty on both sides. He says, are we ready? If not, then wise up and refuse to be played by the scriptwriters and their globalists." war games. So be vigilant. I mean, that's the number one thing that I would tell believers to be vigilant. Then we had another article. Um, This is a secular article. It's called the Hamas Holocaust. And um, it it is gut-wrenching to actually read um, the summary of what went on this last weekend. And I know some of you have seen images that you probably wish you hadn't. I've been kind of keeping myself from some of that simply because you can't ever unsee anything. Um You know, these these things occurred inside the internationally recognized borders of a sovereign state. Um, And this particular secular article says, Israel, this is a colossal fail. And they will, I believe, hold people to account when the dust settles, and that can't come soon enough as far as I'm concerned. Uh, But this gentleman, this is Yoav Fromer. Again, this is a secular um, Israeli paper. Survivors of the Nazi Holocaust in Europe, as well as Jews from other parts of the world, continued to migrate to Israel, undaunted by difficulties, restrictions, and dangers, and never ceased to assert their, life to, uh, their right to a life of dignity, freedom, and honest toil in their national homeland. These words, taken from Israel's Declaration of Independence, are a vital reminder that the basic premise of a Jewish state, especially in the wake of the Holocaust, was not necessarily democracy, liberalism, and equality, or even freedom. All important values, but for the past six months, have been tearing Israeli society from, tearing it apart from within. But, and then he says, the reason the Jewish state was founded was to secure the life of the Jews. That is the reason for Israel to exist from their perspective. Okay, it's much broader from God's perspective. And he asks the question, What is left of the basic promise of a Jewish safe haven? And his concern is people will feel less and less secure as time goes on because of this. Um, He says it's it's too early to judge the long term consequences of these traumatic events, but they're looking at it more and more as the Holocaust uh, more than anything. Um, And it is, wow, you know, history remains to show us exactly what this is, or if it is a zero-hour event. We don't know. So, But the whole idea is to be ready. Watch and be ready for Jesus, number one, and watch and be ready for these things that that could be life-changing overnight, including the rapture of the church at the same time. Uh, Hal Lindsey has an excellent article, uh, Israel at War, um, and he talks about the peace agreement with Saudi Arabia. It seemed so close a few days ago. But the Saudis cannot make peace with Israel now because they can't seem to be taking the side of the Jews against the Muslims. Wow, talk about tying hands. Hal says the reason Saudi and other Arab nations have been willing to cooperate with Israel is their common enemy, Iran. So who benefits with peace set aside? Iran. This attack was planned, funded, and equipped by Iran, and that's why I consider it a precursor to Ezekiel 38 and 39, a war led by Russia and Iran. He says, make no mistake, Russia is tied to this. Just last month, Iran's Minister of Defense said Russia and Iran have significantly broadened the range of their cooperation over the past few years. And, of course, uh, the war on terrorism and all that. Uh, He says, the Palestinian attack has been especially egregious, easily qualifying as a series of horrible war crimes. How will the world respond? How will the Christian respond? And so this is an excellent article, again, by Hal Lindsey, Israel at War. You can find that at HalLindsey.com. Um, that's online. Um, Jeff Childers, um, he talks about Lebanon. Jeff Childers, is coffee and COVID from yes, uh, yeah, yesterday. Israel News 12 reported that an unnamed Israeli minister warned that this might be a distraction before a full-scale war with Lebanon and Syria to the north. Um, um. So we're going to have hot takes on that. Again, we don't know. I don't I don't like to speculate, of course, just to tell you what is going on in all these things. Also, some senators, Gatestone Institute had an article about a bunch of senators. It says, Palestinians' war on Israel and U.S. senators' delusional two-state solution. Um, we're going to wind this down pretty soon. But he says, less than 48 hours after U.S. Democratic senators urged Joe Biden to push for the establishment of Palestinian state, Iran's Palestinian terror proxies launched a massive attack on Israel, killing more than, and he gives older numbers, but we know the numbers by now. The war, as noted by the Wall Street Journal, was caused directly by Iran, which funds and directs Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad, PIJ. I don't think anyone who's listening to me is surprised by that. Um, If the Democratic senators have their way, the future Palestinian state will also be controlled by Hamas and the PIJ. Holy smoke, somebody's just not having a complete thought there in Washington. Um, instead of condemning the Palestinians for transforming the Gaza Strip into a base for jihad, the senators who signed the letter are asking the Biden administration to give the Palestinians another state in the West Bank and East Jerusalem. It will be quickly transformed into an Iran-backed terror entity. Wow. I mean, it's um, just... At some point, at some point, you just say there are no words to describe the insanity. You know, the fox guarding the hen house. I don't know. There's all kinds of ways we can put that. Uh, so keep an eye on our own government because we don't know what's going to happen with all that. This is an excellent article again by Gatestone Institute on the U.S. Senator's delusional two-state solution. Um, it's fairly long, but I think it's worth definitely worth a read. So. You know, I, I know we've all had our resources, we've all had our takeaways, and it's exhausting. And um, when I first heard about it on Saturday, I'd gotten up getting ready to be involved with the funeral that day. So it's been an exhausting week. Um, but again, I encourage you to uh, listen to John Haller. He's got an update every Sunday. I know he's got one recently this past Sunday when things were still very new. Uh, Andy Woods, again, another person, Pastor's Point of View, Um J.B. Hickson, and all of these gentlemen who have given us their time and energy here at Q90 have certainly uh, wonderful uh, insights. And again, there's a lot of things we don't know, so we're not going to exchange what we know for what we don't know. But if your church is not teaching these things, I think a lot of people out there, a lot of believers who just aren't uh, really grounded in prophecy uh, and God's different uh, plans and dispensations for the church— It's never too late to start to learn these things. I think that, um, a lot of us have been studying prophecy for a very long time and we've been expecting these things. I don't think it looks quite like what we thought. What happened in Israel last week is unlike anything I've ever seen in my particular lifetime. And I think it's understandable that nobody saw it coming. This is more brutal. We're used to, you know, even going to Israel, you know, there's a possibility that there will be car, car bombings or, or suicide attacks and that sort of thing. But I've never seen anything like this, so we will be watching every minute. I hope you are too. And then I thought, you know, what if this is what it's going to take for them to trust the Lord? So I'm I'm trying to just look at it from a heavenly perspective here. And I thought of yesterday, Psalm twenty, verses seven to eight. Some trust in chariots and horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. And because we know how it ends, you know, we, we know how we know the end of the book. And these things have to happen: a one-world, uh, global government, um, so AI and elections, like we talked about in the first half with Debbie Oh Lo- what, what uh, A global government, a global religion, a global economy, CBDCs—all these things—they have to happen. But the last. the, the Verse 9 of Psalm 20, Save, Lord, may the King answer us when we call. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, Pray that, that they see God's hand, and they do not trust in chariots and horses. So I hope this has been helpful to you today. Again, it's just another take. Jim Fletcher's on on Thursday, and I think because he is one of the foremost experts on Israel, We are going to talk about archaeology, like I had said, but we're also going to talk about Israel. I would love to get Jim's take on this, so we're looking forward to that. And uh, also, you know, you can uh, look at the other guests on our website. Go to standupforthetruth.com and click Guests, and you'll see so many we've had over the years that, that have been a huge blessing to this ministry and will continue to be. That's it for me for today. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, Knowing that your labour is not in vain in the Lord 1 Corinthians 1558 have a great
2: day on purpose.